0: Firstly, I have a different keyboard now that I use in my office here and it's a tad noisy so if you hear then you know that's me typing.
1: Well, they could hear you typing anyway so it probably doesn't make that much difference.
0: Oh, it's noisier typing now. For extra giggles. Why don't you give us
1: the really softer ones because I'm assuming you're another mechanical.
0: Because this is one I already had I just swapped it with the other one that was in here. Because in my new office environment, it's deeply frowned upon to uh, have noisy keyboards. And the other one's a much quieter keyboard. It's
1: deeply frowned upon on podcasts and noisy keyboards too.
0: I know, but people yeah, don't have to (laughs) listen to
1: us. (laughs) They don't say that, they have to listen (laughs) to us.
0: (laughs) Okay, so my week, um, not a great deal to be honest. I watched Fantastic Beasts 2 tonight. I played Small World on Friday Uh, That was essentially the last game I have in my old job Waiting for my new job to uh, start Got a couple of weeks off So I imagine I'll get even less done than usual And uh, Mountain Man books 2 and 3 have been read And that's quite a lot of content in there
1: Yeah, that's cool So I've been having to manage with wearing sunglasses for 24 hours a day. Just which has right. been interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised at how little difference that makes at night. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to see much. But, yeah, it turns out wearing sunglasses at night is about the same as wearing normal glasses. So... <laughs> yeah. It's been not too much of a problem, really. Um, although it's, it's annoying that I'm forced to wear these sunglasses all the time and the weather becomes raining and dark, <laughs> so it makes me look like a utter twat as I'm walking around. <laughs> oh, so that's annoying. Um, so that's no, to usual then. Yeah. <laughs> so I've become addicted to watching Al's Kitchen clips on YouTube because they recommended it. So I went down that. Yeah. Well. Wormhill? What's, what's it called? Where you go down, to snake?, like, Oh, I don't know. My brain doesn't work too well. But yeah, so... I've, uh... Been watching loads of the clips on YouTube. Because... I don't know if it's a new thing. And they've only just started putting them up. Or... Or what. But, yeah. That just appeared. And I just started watching them. They're only, like between 2 and 7 minutes usually a clip but I keep watching them and the usual thing is the, they send up raw meat like they can't cook scallops they can't cook fish they can't cook wellington it's all raw all the time that's the main complaints usually but yeah for some reason I can't get enough of that um, I've also been watching Black Sails which is a like a pirate drama on Amazon and I finished up Beyond Good and Evil and I've started replaying Broken Sword Shadow of the Templars and I've been reading more of the Witcher books going to the close of that but yeah, watching them watching them, reading them I think I've only got two more to go after this and that's been my week so do you have anything did you watch something didn't you a movie, Fantastic, yeah, I Beasts Fantastic Beasts 2 yeah watched
0: Fantastic Beasts 2 so we'll move
1: on to movies and in TV
0: yeah
1: okay so what did you think of Fantastic Beasts 2
0: well I think it's trying hard to be an epic um, I think it's also failing hard to be an epic <laughs> which is a little sad
1: do you mean well, an epic as in the old term
0: I think it's, yes, it's a two and a half hour, just under two and a half hour long movie. Okay. Um, I think the first one was two hours.
1: And I enjoyed it.
0: I mean, it's it's a, a reasonable enough movie. It's just, yeah, it it's obviously um, drawn out for a, an additional movie after this one. I don't know what the state of play is, whether that was well known or not. But, um, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, kind of set up to have a sequel so that would be it, the third movie in the series and that way kind of annoys me a little bit because it, it doesn't feel like the movie ends, it just feels like it's, you know, the middle movie of a series, so it doesn't really have a much of an intro because you're kind of getting a lot of that information from the previous movie there's a bit, and of course it introduces Grindelwald, which is the um the big bad, from that series, and historically known from the Harry Potter movies and books. So I kind of liked the um, the characters in it. There's Johnny Depp playing that particular guy. Um,
1: yeah, but they made him look weird, because from, did make him
0: look weird, yeah.
1: <laughs> from what I remember of the books, he was supposed to be... Wow, at least handsome. He wasn't supposed to look as ugly as he does. Yeah. And, no, yeah from I don't what really I've seen. Cool.
0: Yeah, I don't really recall um truthfully what he was supposed to look like, but
1: Well, Dumbledore was like swayed by his charms.
0: Yeah, that's why but
1: um Is Dumbledore in this movie? Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, not much, but he is in this movie.
1: Okay. As a much that's younger cool.
0: Dumbledore, so obviously not the same actor.
1: Who, who is the actor? Do you know?
0: I don't know what I found about the Is he,
1: like, super young?
0: Uh, he's got a very short beard.
1: <laughs> I guess he would have to be pretty damn young, wouldn't
0: he? Yeah, because this is... um, Yeah, when they're supposed to still be in their, their prime.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So that was the whole um, thing, wasn't it, with uh, Voldemort that... Voldemort didn't challenge um, either of those two in their prime, but in their their waning years.
1: Well, Voldemort would have been like a toddler, probably, yeah, when they yeah. were in their prime. So, <laughs> so Yeah,
0: so when he defeated um, uh, Grindelwald, it's not because he defeated him, it's because he... It,
1: you know, he oh, did Voldemort... he defeat him? I can't remember that.
0: I think he did, because he went off... He was after the, um, I forget what the wand is called.
1: The Master Wand, I think.
0: That was the Elder Wand or something.
1: Oh, maybe the Elder Wand.
0: Yeah, but essentially (laughs) he he wanted control of that, and so he went through all of the previous, what he thought were the owners of the wand.
1: Ah, yeah, it is the Elder Wand.
0: Yeah, starting with him. And then, um, then, because he he took it from... um, Dumbledore couldn't control it. Tried to uh, find out more from Grindelwald. He basically thinking he could kill him, and he would, you know, be the master of that wand. And
1: well, he, he never wasn't... got it. No, he was never the
0: master of that wand.
1: No, he never had it.
0: Uh, so Cause he had the wand, but he just didn't have control of the wand.
1: Yeah, because he didn't defeat the person. He didn't no. Like, you, you can take the wand, but you don't actually have it still. Yeah, yeah. You can't control it.
0: It's allegiances to someone else. Yeah, so which is he, a
1: weird thing to know, because then that kind of makes the, the wand itself has some kind of
0: I believe that's why he, conscience. And he, um, you know, he and Snape have their altercation as well. Because he thought Snape was the uh, owner of that wand.
1: Right, that's right, yeah. And no, I haven't read Harry Potter in a long time.
0: Uh, I'm I'm listening to it on audiobook, uh, Stephen Fry's Dulcet Tones, uh, every night with Ava. She's enjoying it quite
1: oh. Yeah, he's amazing. I love Stephen Fry. Yeah. It's all good. But he's not doing QI anymore?
0: He's not been doing QI for a long time.
1: I don't really watch terrestrial TV so I didn't know. Ah, but Yeah okay. uh Friday, I in the work canteen we got T V in there. So you know, he was flicking through the channels and QI appeared and it's got that Sandy woman who sometimes appears on QI. Sandy
0: Tucksmith, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think she did like um, a bluffing thing as well. Uh, uh, yeah, Like yeah. an old show I used to watch. And yeah, I was like, where the hell was Stephen Fry? <laughs> and it does lose a lot of his charm not having him on there. Did he just retire from it, or, or what?
0: Yeah, I think he just handed over. Okay. Yeah, um, sadly. Just, um, guess he had enough.
1: I guess so, yeah. Hmm. So, what's the main, like, summary of the plot? What's going on? In Fantastic Beasts 2.
0: Uh. Now, so
1: thanks for that.
0: <laughs> I guess it's the rise of, um, yeah, the evil within the wizarding world and hatreds towards m- muggles. Um, kind of he's fostering, uh, he being Johnny Depp, as Grindelwald is fostering, um, Hatred in in the world. It's not necessarily hatred. Well, why more... did they even
1: go to Europe? Because he was a European wizard.
0: Yes, yeah. They were in Paris at the end. I didn't catch that reason for that, but um, I, I believe Dumbledore um, basically was part of the reason. There's quite a lot of noise going on behind me for some reason.
1: What? Children awake?
0: No, no. Well, children being grandparents, yeah. Good them children. (laughs) Yeah, so... Just felt like it was missing something.
1: Can you elaborate?
0: Not really, not without spoilers. (laughs) I don't want to give spoilers for this until you watch it. Um, Yeah, just, it didn't feel... Like the epic, it was trying to set out and trying so hard to be.
1: Because, from what I can remember of the first one, they're just going around.
0: uh, It's America.
1: Yeah, they just go around America, I believe, yeah. Because I think Newt is actually British. And yeah, he's travelling to America to. Look for magical regions. from what I remember? Well, from... Like, from uh, what the I, plot. I can't really remember the plot.
0: <laughs> in, in the second film, uh, Grindelwald's being transferred from um, America to Europe, where he escapes. Okay. And then three months later, uh, essentially, newt is the kind of, uh, I guess the main protagonist of the movie is yeah. trying to, um, uh, yeah. So, so let the strange, his old classmate, um, is kind of meeting up with him. Um, his brother's an aura, a hub, her fiance's an aura or something like that. Anyway. Um, who is and that then, you said? Sorry? Who is travelling with, with him? No, no, not travelling with him. This is, he runs into... Yeah, but who? What's the name? the Lestrange.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, and, so um, we've got all the strangers in there.
0: and I think his brother is an aura who is the fiancé of this letter. Okay. I think that's right anyway. Okay, so at
1: the end of the first one, he actually... Yeah, he did to part for Europe, so... Yeah. I just completely forgot about that. Like, uh, to be fair, it wasn't really a memorable movie. Because I don't remember a lot of it.
0: No, and no, no, I, I guess this feels pretty much the same. Okay. It was a very expensive movie to make, from what I, I gather. It's a lot of um, CGI in there, and it's a long running movie, and they tend to be pricey. Was um, there
1: at least a lot of magical creatures in it?
0: There are at least magical creatures in it.
1: Yes. At least, not yes. many.
0: <laughs> uh, there are a few. Okay. Not as many as the first of I think, anyway.
1: So, what? It's just mainly just him and like, Newt chasing after Grindelwald. It's basically the plot of. Two. Pretty much. Okay.
0: And it's um, Jude. Law well, that's probably why Dumbledore, by the way.
1: Jude Law, huh? Okay. Like you. Hmm. Like I, I could see Jude Law playing Grindelwald because Jude Law is an attractive dude, so you know, and he's charming. Like Johnny Depp used to be or maybe he still is now, but they decided to make his face look all weird from what I saw of the Fantastic Beasts trailer. Mm. So I don't really understand their thinking with this. Is it because he's, he's evil, so they've got to make him look evil? I don't know. Like, they even made him look like an albino. Like super pasty white, um, really bright white hair, and white mustache. Well, one, one and very weird eyes. Blue eye, yes. Yeah. It's like, what were they doing? Oh. So, you wouldn't recommend this?
0: I wouldn't say that. It's an enjoyable movie. It's just trying too hard to be something that it's not. Um, yeah, it just doesn't feel.
1: Well, the feel first like one, a great movie. The first one didn't feel like a Harry Potter movie. No,
0: nah, and again, this doesn't really feel like a. It's in the universe, but it doesn't feel like a Harry Potter
1: uh, movie. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like it's in the universe. Well, at least the first one anyway, because of how weird it went. Um, like they're using the same names and stuff. It's kind of like Final Fantasy, you know? They make a new Final Fantasy game, but they still use Gil as their money, and the spells are all. The same things you still use Phoenix Downs to res somebody, but you but you're in a completely different world of completely different different characters. That's how Fantastic Beasts feel. That's how it feels to me. So you what is, still got Roar? Is you still got? Do you still have the the same? Do you, still, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh. do you still have the same wizard currency in Fantastic Beasts? I can't remember.
0: It seems so. I haven't really paid much attention to the currency.
1: So you probably don't mention it at all then?
0: I might do, I just don't remember hearing much.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, I uh, watched Black Sails, have you heard of that?
0: Yes, I have. Tell me more about it.
1: So I've only seen season one so far. And it's more about pirate society than the typical you know, ship combat broadsides. Which is which is good and bad in a way. I mean, if you just want ship battles, then this probably isn't a show for you. But if you want almost like a detailed account of what it might be like to be a pirate and live as a pirate, then yeah, there's pretty good at doing that so it mainly focuses on a few of the captains a few of the crews and a town the, the like the pirates in the region all go to and they sell the go- the stolen goods um, from the pirates to traders almost like a, uh, a money laundering guy situation they take in the goods um, they pretend that yeah, you know, it's all legitimate, and they say it to other people to make it legitimate. And it goes through like that. And so that means the people in charge of the town had it, are basically in charge of the pirates as well, because if the pirates get out of line they destroy too much stuff or do things that the people who are controlling it don't like, then they could stop them from uh, selling on their goods, making it much harder for them to make their Uh, living really and surviving as a pirate which is difficult anyway so especially with this is, I don't know the exact date but they talk a lot lot about the English and the Spanish in a war uh, together and so there's a lot of uh, Spanish and English warships Sailing around, so... The pirates have to be really careful... To avoid them. Because their ships are just no match... For theirs. Like... The Empire ships have... Much better cannons, they've got... Way more cannons. So yeah, the pirate ships that they have... uh, Are no match. So, this has been going on for a while... This township and that. And, of course... We start on a show so there's going to be drama so people start screwing it up as one of the captains you follow or the main captains has it in his head to go after a treasure ship uh, I think it's a Spanish treasure ship to be more precise and he's trying to find out it's kind of like um, what's the word it's kind of like its time frame of where it should be at places so that they can you know sail to to a location they know where it's going to be and uh, attack it but a lot of the other pirates uh are saying no we don't want to touch that because treasure ships are like heavily armed and you know going up against one's just a death wish so a lot of people aren't interested but he's like He's gonna stop at nothing to get hold of it, to get that treasure. Because apparently, recently, I don't know how recently, but they found a sunken treasure ship and it was laden with gold. I think it was like 15 billion pounds worth of gold they found recently. So, you know, that kind of gold in this kind of time frame would be ridiculous amounts of money. So. And so that's basically the adventures of Season 1. There's not a lot of ship battles in the show, but when they do make a ship battle, it is amazingly well done. And the characters are really good. You've got a lot of different characters. Uh, one of them is a survivor from one of the ships they attack in, in Episode 1. And he somehow manages to con his way into joining them. And so he's very much at odds with the others because he's an arsehole and only out for himself. Which you'd think would get on well with the other pirates, but the pirates have a, a kinship and they all work together for the greater good of their crew. Which also means they're very quick to want to mutiny if they think the captain's not doing something in their best interests and they have a quartermaster who seems to be second in command of the ship but you know, like these days a quartermaster is just someone who looks after like stores and supplies and, like, and things like that they're not usually somebody who's really in charge but apparently they were in these times or maybe they're just on pirate ships I don't know but yeah, it's a good watch So if you like Pirates and Pirate Society, I guess, then yeah, give that a watch, I would say. And I'm going to continue watching. I think there's only four seasons, or there will be four seasons. I don't know if the fourth's been recorded or not. But apparently it was cancelled, so I'm hoping they actually end it properly, give uh, season four a conclusion. It's kind of annoying when you go into a a show and it's already cancelled. Like, ah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. That's the problem, you don't know if something's good until you watch it, and there's loads of good shows out there. So, I think sometimes they cancel things a little bit too early. Although, this has had four seasons, so I guess they did give it enough time. Um, yeah, season four is all on Amazon, so yeah, it's all done and dusted. So, apparently, it finished in April 2nd, of 2017 it's been out for a while <laughs> yeah they better they better give me a, concu- a conclusion that's what I'm saying you hope for one yeah so that's me done with stuff I've watched do you watch anything else? no okay let's move on to uh, games
0: cool
1: do you want to start? I've been talking for a while
0: You didn't have anything
1: to ask about pirates. No,
0: no. Yeah, so I played Small World um, on Friday, which is a board game. Uh, I guess you could call it a strategy board game. It basically is a board game where you play a race which can have abilities, and those abilities are randomly defined. You know up front, so you can select from, I think it's up to six of those races that have been randomly defined. The first on the list you can take for free. Anything further down the chain you have to pay for. Um, Essentially, what you're trying to do with uh, the game is to determine the qualities that the race brings, the qualities that the skill that the race has brings, and um, how the map's panning out and what's available, what's not available what are your opponents taking, etc and yeah, essentially the aim of the game is to score as many um, victory points as you can over the course of up to 10 rounds it depends on the number of players we're playing 3 player and that's a 10 round game I believe if you have 4 or more players it's an 8 round game and um, yeah essentially you you have to start from the outside edge of the map the map is an island and you have um, kind of these little uh, designated squares they're all kind of like the, the map's chopped up into little pieces that form different territories and you can take those territories and those territories all have different um, uh, like characteristics they have woodland or marsh or uh, hills or mountains and what you're trying to do is look at your race's ability and whether those things are taken or not and you know fill them up you get a number of race tokens and those race tokens um could be something like six of a race up to something like 15 uh and for taking a territory which is unoccupied and um, isn't a mountain will cost you two of those raise tokens. If it's a mountain it will cost you three of those raise tokens. If it's occupied by one unit it will cost you again three raise tokens. But for each um, token that sits on that particular territory you will have to spend an extra token that you have in your um, your military might. So that's the kind of general gist of it. Obviously, there are complications based on the the races that you you have picked, and yeah. So you, you, know, you might have a race that um, gets extra gold for abandoning territory, for example, and then coming in again in a different place. And that, that's actually what I had as the Gypsies. You also have the vampires which can convert any territory that contains an active race um to your race. If you know what I mean. But only if there was one token in that square. When when you're playing, Yeah, because
1: you can I don't know if you I don't know if you covered it, but I don't know if you did. So you can like put multiple um
0: yeah,
1: yeah. you can put multiple people into a place to defend it, to stop people taking that.
0: At the, at the end of your turn, you do um, redeployment, which is where you, yeah. you can kind of move around your, your units into different squares, just so you know, you're not weak and going to be attacked by your nearest opponent straight away. Um, so I think the only thing I haven't really covered is what happens when your race runs out of steam. Basically, you go into what's called decline, which is your your race is... Um, uh, you, know, you say you only had eight units that you could deploy, and all of them are spread out on different tiles of a map. You've got no more you can spend, and now you, your enemies are starting to chip away at your resources. You need to do something about them. To do something about it, you have to go and decline, which basically means your active race becomes inactive as in they, they can't do anything anymore uh, but they still occupy those squares sometimes they have abilities that they can keep and sometimes they don't that again depends on the race so yeah that's the... Well, and journey. modifiers
1: the modifiers is what I really like about Small World and is it adds the variety it stops, yeah, stops the game becoming stale and boring Yeah, because every time you play it theoretically you can you know often it's more often than not the will get a completely different set of races and modifiers each time you play it.
0: and we, we played with the grand dames expansion uh, also the oh, first I've, expansions
1: yeah I played this a few times I've never played with any of the expansions
0: oh, no, I've got uh, three, three expansions I've got the omnibus expansion pack and what did you say
1: oh well, there's an omni- ominous ominous Omnibus, uh, yes, that it's the session. second
0: the second Omnibus pack, which comes with Grand oh, okay. names, um Cursed, and I'm, I think it's Royal Bonus. Yeah, that's it.
1: Okay, I did not know this.
0: And those races make a big difference to the game. For example, as I said, I played the Gypsies, and the Gypsies, when they... Um, relinquish territory it drops a, a victory point onto the token you know, into the space that you were once occupying and then at the um, end of your turn you take all of the victory points that, that you've just put on the table so say you had five territories you abandon all five of those territories and go attack other places you get five victory points plus what you've managed to conquer again so that becomes quite an effective mechanic
1: this is crazy, I did not know there were so many expansions for this There's game. There's a
0: lot of expansions. Some of them are better than others. Um, the Grand Ames is a very good expansion. Cursed is a very good expansion. And um, Royal Bonus is... Uh, it's okay. So, I mean... Buying those as a, a free set is a great idea. Because you, you get the, all three of those expansions in one.
1: So where did you find this um, Omnibus version? Because on Amazon they just have the expansions. They don't have Omnibus editions.
0: I'm pretty sure I bought it from Amazon. You could probably just be looking at it. If you're searching for Omnibus you will not find it.
1: I've put Small World Expansion.
0: Let's have a look. I'm pretty sure I bought it from Amazon. So let me just check there.
1: Yeah, I often play a small world with friends because it's just it's easy to grasp and fairly quick to play, and you could just yep. play it while just chatting. It's fairly uninvolved but still fun at the same time.
0: I bought it from Amazon. You did. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: I I want to grab Sky Islands as well. Looks like uh, that could be quite interesting.
1: I wonder if this would be something that um, Lily would play. Possibly. You ever tried her on uh, Small Worlds?
0: No. It's mostly been in my office, but oh, okay. sin- since I've uh, changed jobs, it's now here.
1: Right, yeah, you had to ship all your stuff back home again.
0: Oh, that was painful, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, I also got um, two games from work, from leaving. Uh, so that made it even harder to. So I, I, I knew how many games I was bringing back on Friday, and then I had two more games, and they're big box games, not like what are they? games games. Uh, that's Photosynthesis.
1: Okay. And
0: Santorini.
1: Kind have not heard of any of them.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're both on my wish list. So. Yeah. That's good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we played Small World, and I think one thing I possibly forgot to mention was that when you go into decline, the next turn you get to pick another race.
1: Right. Yeah. And while while we are in decline, the people that managed to stay alive on the board because people were gun for them. um they will continue earning you points while they're still there
0: yes yeah well until you go into decline again yeah. if you don't go into decline right, a yeah. second time then you lose the first in decline race
1: yeah
0: uh, and all of the tokens that it might have
1: but it's and really is, cool and there's like a pretty good digital version on on there's Steam there's a really good
0: yeah it's a, for some reason called Small World 2 and uh, it's a little annoying that you have to pay for the expansions but it's, well, isn't it? Um, oh,
1: because there is two small worlds, isn't
0: there? No, the first one, I think, was a failed attempt.
1: Oh, okay. I thought the, I, the second one did include expansions. No, 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 it doesn't. Ah, that sucks. The
0: expansions are there, but you can't. You have to pay for them. Pay. For okay. Them. I do have but the it, cursed expansion on the number on one. It's pretty good.
1: But it is only seven quid on Steam. Uh, that's not on the sales. That's normal. And it's six seventy seven for mm-hmm. buying the, uh, the bundle, which is the expansions. Which is Cursed, uh, Grand Ames, and Be Not Afraid, which I think were all the ones you said were good. Isn't that right? Are they the ones you said were uh, the good expansions? Be Not
0: Afraid. Be Not Afraid's a good expansion, yeah. But it's yeah. not one of the ones I was talking
1: about. Uh, what was the third one you said?
0: third one wasn't great, it's uh, World
1: of oh. oh, I thought you said there was a third one that you said was good. No, you, if just...
0: you, you have a look at the like the ratings of everything that's um, on like, Board Game Geek that's related to this. Essentially it goes, Small World, Be Not Afraid, Cursed, Grand Dames, Underworld, which is actually a completely different standalone game, Tales oh. of Legends...
1: Realms? Wait, so Underworld is is an expansion, but makes it a, a brand new game?
0: No, Underworld is a completely different game. Oh, okay. And I think that Small World Realms might be a different pl- game as well.
1: Well, Realms is probably a card game. It's probably a, a version of Star Realms, maybe. Oh no,
0: no, not at all. No, Realms looks like it's a almost a hex grid. Type um, map builder.
1: Oh. Oh yeah, I see. Huh. Looks that's kind of interesting, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it plays longer mm. though, which obviously makes it. Um,
1: right. Yeah, that's a bit of a downside. Yes. Yeah. Because small well, world is is good for being a short game. Yeah. But
0: looks interesting. like you say? So you're know be
1: you going to be in a board game uh, drought now for a couple of weeks?
0: No, I'm playing games on Tuesday. Okay. You know me. I can't keep away from games.
1: <laughs> well, it's, as long uh, as they're of the tabletop variety. Well, yeah. I, I, I try to play video games as well. Oh,
0: excuse me. Obviously past my bedtime. Yeah, I, I try to play video games as well. Uh, but... It's you know, It takes a while to install games and um, getting time to play them is another thing. As have got kids around and they, they tend to take most of your time during the
1: working day. And most games aren't really suitable for children.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to get Ava into things like Rayman. She gets stuck easily on Rayman. So.
1: Rayman is a bit hard for her. Maybe you should sell something easier for her. Why as are you Mario. going to... Sit- no, because is pretty hard too. I mean, how old is she now? Four, five?
0: Yeah, that, why not? That's the kind of games that we started out on.
1: Yeah, but that's all we had. We didn't really have a choice.
0: What would you recommend for
1: a four-year-old? Um... Well, something easy. Call so make... of Duty 4. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Like, so, like... Minecraft? Things like that. Games that aren't like violent. Games that are pretty easy to play. Overcooked? Oh? Overcooked for the style but it'd be too hard for her.
0: The 15 best video games to play with your children. Super Mario 3D World. You can't
1: really play with someone though.
0: Well, oh, I can't anyway because I don't have um Nintendo console right now.
1: Um No yeah.
0: Nintendo Labo. That I agree with. That that would be really cool for that, kids. No,
1: that's a massive waste of money. That's just cardboard, just buy them a cardboard box.
0: No, it's not because you have games that go with it. No, that's cool, ridiculous. Man. No. It's cool for kids. No Splatoon it 2, apparently. Open yeah, books.
1: okay. I could see that.
0: Rayman Legends.
1: No, I don't, I don't think so, because it's too hard. They'd get frustrated.
0: The Minecraft. I don't want to get my kids into Minecraft. Towerfall.
1: No, not Towerfall. Why not Minecraft? Captain Toad. Mario and
0: Rabbids Battle Kingdom. What's Rocket wrong with Minecraft? League? Really?
1: Rocket League?
0: Well, Rocket League's hard as hell. It
1: is, yeah. Yeah,
0: I... I I think we need to be talking about picker children. Because I'm I'm like, going up to Porta 2 now.
1: Yeah, for older like children, science. I'd say things like, things like Planet Coaster, things like Sea Skylines, Stardew Valley, stuff like that, when they're a bit older, because they'll be able to wrap their heads around it. Or a five-year-old, I imagine, just get bored of that. Yeah. Because yeah, they wouldn't be I able to so. understand all the concepts. Um, Like, there's a Jurassic World theme park thing that you can make which I think I own that would be great for kids or you know things like Minecraft or um, the one like it
0: Crafted World sounds nice
1: yeah I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things from Nintendo like they've done a lot like Yoshi's Fluffy World or Woolly World or whatever it is and there's one with Kirby as well It's like that and it's all made of like yarn uh, or or wool about Little Big Planet Yeah, little big planet. Yep, I'd say that's good for kids. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, but it's whether they'll be able to wrap their brains around it to be able to get out of you know, to get all out of it. Um Yeah, and there's like, like the board games you can play on there, but and things like scribble notes and peggle. it'd be good oh and all the Lego games of course because they're all toned down and Lego games are pretty easy so maybe maybe Lego games would be a good start actually for you
0: could be I do have a lot of
1: them because they are designed to be pretty simple
0: yeah they can be frustrating the older ones definitely were
1: yeah and kids tend to
0: get frustrated very quickly
1: they do that's true Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a tricky one when, that, when they are that young.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a, an interesting problem to have.
1: It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could try them with the old platformers because they're not that hard.
0: No, they're not hard. My, Ma- but... I mean,
1: Mario. Mario's hard. But things like Sonic, because Sonic's a lot easier than Mario was. Yeah.
0: Um, I think if I could get um, like Sonic 2, where you can help with Tails, that could be quite, yeah. quite
1: cool. Yeah. Like, um, Rayman's, Rayman looks good. Rayman looks like those co-games, kind of like the new ones, Rayman Legends and, and the yeah, other Yeah, yeah. But they, uh, they've they got really hard points. But, yeah. The thing is, Ava's been
0: playing on my um, PS Vita. Okay, and that I've got Rayman Legends on. I, I think it's Rayman Legends anyway. It's one of the Rayman games, and um, she's got uh, the pay- Tearaway, the Papercraft game.
1: Yeah, Tearaway would be good, I imagine.
0: It is, but it still gets us stumped. So it's okay. Yeah, you know, she she kind of just ends up being aimless if I'm not there helping her.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure I have maybe... Yes, I think I do. I don't know if I do, actually. I'll check. But I think I might have the... Um, um, Sackboy? What's the Sackboy game called? What is it? You make stuff. We just talked about that. Little, Little Big, Big Planet. Big Planet. Yeah. yeah. I think I have that one, um, Vita.
0: I have that one, Vita.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, Little Big Planet too, anyway.
1: Yeah. So you could try her on that. The platformer yeah. is. is... That,
0: do you say that's easier than Tearaway?
1: I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: could give. Well, it's a mark worth mark. a shot, anyway. Yeah, I think so.
1: And I think I've got a Lego game for Vita.
0: Yeah, I don't. I have a few games. I've got Tearaway, uh, Rayman Legends, and uh, Little Big Planet Two. Then, I've got. FIFA, which I don't really want. It just came in the bundle. <laughs> and uh, what else do I have? Uh, the Uncharted game. Okay. I've almost completed the Uncharted game. But the... We'll talk about that one when I finish it. Yeah, there are certain things that annoy me on it.
1: Yeah, I had the same thing, because it's not made by the same people. No. And, and, and it's obviously it obviously got like... some
0: gimmicky bits in there.
1: Yeah, it was mandated that you've got to use the stuff that V has, which only makes the game worse, <laughs> It honest. does, because
0: they feel like they've been bolted on. They don't feel yeah. that part of the game. No, if they put the effort all. in and used them properly, then fair enough, but it was yeah. just shitty.
1: Yeah. It's it's more a game. I, like, I played it. It was short, though. The gimmicks were annoying. Um, yeah. I feel it's definitely the worst... Uncharted of the Uncharted games although I never played the one on PS4 so maybe that, that one is worse
0: yeah I will pick that up eventually
1: yeah I think all I have on my beta is really uh Persona 4 Lego The Hobbit um the Sackboy game what like, why do I keep forgetting that name a <laughs> big planet. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've got the Wipeout game. Because they... Oh, that sounds out.
0: cool.
1: Yeah, it was pretty I cool. I'd like to play that. I think that it was in a bundle. So I think i got that digitally. I don't think I've got the cartridge for that. I've always oh, might. okay.
0: Yeah, so no, no swapsies.
1: No, nah, I've always yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh, and Tearaway. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of games for the Vita because Sony just abandoned it. Which
0: is yeah, a shame. It is a shame like, because it, it's a good
1: console actually. It is, yeah. Though I might trade it in with the games to uh, get it a little bit off of a PS4 maybe. I don't know. Not a Switch? Uh, I thought about getting a Switch. I don't know. Maybe I will.
0: Yeah, I think the Switch is getting more and more appealing recently. Like, Nintendo practically owns the last video um, expo, video game expo, and they're just getting more and do. more decent content.
1: Whereas I don't like Nintendo games as a general rule.
0: I, th- I think there's some um, real charm about some of their games. Other games, uh, are, meh.
1: Hopefully I think they good. look great and They all um, look awesome to be honest And they're polished to you know, Oblivion They're amazingly well polished games But I just don't find them fun
0: no, You like Pikmin You love Pikmin Yeah I
1: like Pikmin I like uh, I liked Wind Waker Of the Zelda games It's the only Zelda I liked And Well, the, well you oh, won't until you played the
0: other Zeldas
1: I played Ocarina of Time and I played... Not the newer
0: ones, though.
1: No, but, like, everyone raves about Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask being the best.
0: No, I hated Majora's Mask. I liked Ocarina of Time, but I hated Majora's Mask.
1: So it doesn't really, like, it doesn't compel me to buy any of the others.
0: Yeah, well, if I grab a, a Switch, you'll probably borrow it anyway.
1: Well, yeah, I'd but, definitely grab it when I'm over yours. Yeah, I, Keep I was it.
0: thinking it would be a good way of getting some, you know, family fun on the, on the TV.
1: That is true. Nintendo do amazing family fun. Yeah, because I think... I think even in... Oh, I don't know. Because of the Mario World stuff. Mario is is quite hard, really. So I don't Mario
0: know. is it's, it's Mario is hard. I mean, yeah. things like Mario Party—they're not Mario games, really. They're not. They're party games. Uh, so I do have like they that released to their s-
1: have they released their sport games like Mario Tennis and that? Because they'd be good, I imagine.
0: Probably would. I I don't know enough yet, but obviously they've got Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, I've never liked those kind of games. I don't like games where. I don't like races where you get these power ups to to mess up yeah, people's like,
0: fucking blue shells.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know I know it's there to help shit people, catch up with good people, but
0: You're taking away the skill element of the game.
1: Yeah. And if you're doing well then you get fucked over because someone grabs a fucking power up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It just feels cheap to me. And therefore not fun. So it's a cheap
0: mechanic, isn't it? It's. it's um, uh, what can we do to help people catch up? But yeah. The one thing is you already give them a speed boost from what I can tell, but no, that's not enough. You have to also dick them over.
1: Oh, they've got rubber banding too. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and then anyway. Nintendo's online stuff is garbage. Because it's still back in like 10 years below everyone else.
0: So, let's um, get back onto the, the games thing. But it was an interesting chat about... Um...
1: Oh, Animal Crossing. I do like Animal Crossing. That'd be good for kids. And there's a new one coming out. So Yeah, I yeah. think it's
0: better for older kids, though. Because I think, honestly, younger children need to be directed. Just because they don't necessarily know what they want to do. Right. Whereas with Animal Crossing, it's open kind of world-ish in, in the way that you don't really have a focused goal.
1: Yeah. Oh, Luigi's Mansion 3. I do like Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting tempted to get which Switch again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3 is kind of part of what's... I, think, I think they
1: need a new Pikmin. Uh, get the Animal Crossings and the Luigi man- Mansions out. Uh, make a new Zelda in the style of Wood Waker. Screw this new stuff. Because <laughs> the new ones apparently got, like, durability on weapons, which... Doesn't entice me that much, and get a new Punch Out game.
0: Pikmin Four release date?
1: They've not announced it, so I doubt that'll be any time soon. But yeah, new uh, new Punch Out. We need a new Punch Out. Don't you agree?
0: Yes, I do agree.
1: And I want a new Mario, like Mario Two because I really liked Mario 2 even though a lot of people didn't
0: yeah I'm not a big Mario 2 fan
1: but it's fun I liked Mario 3 (laughs) Mario 3 was good yeah
0: I also liked Mario World
1: Super Mario World I never really got to play Mario World much
0: but I also liked Super Mario 64 which you weren't a fan of
1: oh I hated it
0: Initially, I wasn't a fan of it, but um, going back to it and playing it emulated on PC, I enjoyed it, and not just because I was a, still in the PC master race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's um, yeah, a bit of an interesting chat around kids' games and the potential that a Nintendo Switch has for kind of being good family fun.
1: There must be well, a website, right, out there that does family-friendly like lists some more.
0: I, I had a look. There's there like there are lots of sites, but it doesn't mean they're that accurate. A lot of them they kind of ask too much of very young children, and others just ignore very young children.
1: Hmm, that sucks. It does suck. You'd think there would be like uh, what's the word? You yeah, know, a place compiles a big list of stuff that allows you to easily find that kind of stuff so that you can game with your children easier because that's got to be yeah I mean as a gamer and a parent that's got to be one of the things you you want really is to be able to play something with your with your children I guess you could go for casual games but I, I, I don't know don't know if they'd be uh, good enough, really. Oh, wait a second. Maybe I've already found it without knowing. <laughs> um, is this list good? Maybe. Maybe for older children, though. Yeah, so, no, that's
0: why I, I found quite a lot of this, Mostly aimed at older
1: children. So to... Uh, because I've got a massive list of Steam games, I go to a third-party to give me filters because Steam has terrible filters on their platform so I go to a place called (laughs) lorenzostanco.com so it's l-o-r-e-n z-o-s-t-a-n-c-o dot com and hopefully that works Steam
0: library filters
1: yes and now you'll put in your uh, your uh, Steam ID and it'll, do a, it'll get all your data and then give you a massive list of tags that you can sort by. Click on that yeah. and it'll sort it. And it's a lot better than the tags on fucking Steam. So there it gives you a lot of stuff like um, a bunch of games like Reus and Slime Rancher, Which I agree, it's family friendly for children. A bit older though, I, I reckon having to control yeah. a mouse with first person. things like
0: a good snowman is probably too hard for them it's a puzzle game maybe I don't know maybe. actually
1: I don't know maybe I guess
0: also American truck simulator don't think that's family fun
1: it's family friendly there's no like violence or swearing or anything like that so that's what it means by family friendly it doesn't mean that it's good for children yeah but it lots means of, that. lots
0: of the Lego games, of course.
1: Yeah, and there's things like on my list. I got things like Worms, which makes sense. Uh, a ukulele, which is a three D platformer made know, happy. by people. I think they made some other Banjo Kazooie, perhaps something like that. And uh, things like Toy Box Turbo. T- Toybox Turbos which is essentially Micro Machines
0: yeah.
1: they did release the Micro Machines on Steam but I never got around to playing it because I was asking yeah, way too much money good. for it yeah I had bad reviews at the time true yeah yeah. A little Jackbox on there for me um, I'm not sure I'd agree with that to be honest <laughs> some of the things they ask you I'm not sure I'd agree with that being family friendly yeah, it's got Sonic games on there for me. So yeah, I think this is a good way to try and find stuff for a child to play. But, yeah, because I don't think there's an actual age rating on here. No. I think that's something Steam could do with. And I think maybe digital media in general could do with having age ratings on them. Seems to be an omission they have on the if you release something online you it doesn't have to be bound to any age. Yeah. So you is that it for you playing what was you playing?
0: yep yeah, that was for Small World. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, this you kind of just segue towards kids gaming. Yeah. Uh, and now I guess talking about kids gaming we go into Beyond Good and Evil <laughs> Wow,
1: well, I wouldn't recommend this for kids that's for sure
0: no it's was joking.
1: maybe when they're like early teens perhaps but I'm not sure they could deal with how old it is because it has aged so Beyond Good and Evil finally finished it so I thought the story was interesting Um, it's about an alien force stealing and corrupting lifeforms and they're waging war across the galaxy and it comes across this and the war comes to this more I feel like it's a um, a planet that's kind of like Tatooine where it's out on the rim where people have like forgotten about it and you play as a reporter and you're trying to uncover exactly what is going on and trying to stop it and stop your world falling into the hands of these uh, these aliens weirdly in this world you've got humans and you've also got anthropomorphic animals so your uncle uh, page is a pigman but it keeps making references to bacon and ham. So in this world humans are still eating pork, which is kind of weird. Like what kind of fresh horror is this? I mean you're walking around as a pig man and you're know, like you could be walking past someone who's eating a bacon sandwich, I mean Yeah, your ugh. brothers
0: and sisters are food.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's horrible. <laughs> so yeah. That was quite jarring to me. I was playing this on uh, Uplay for the PC port, and I'd say that the PC port is terrible.
0: Sadly, quite a common occurrence with uh, video games.
1: Especially older games, I imagine. I think they're doing a lot better these days.
0: Yeah, it depends, doesn't it? Because I've seen some terrible ports even now for recent games, so...
1: Do you remember any? Because they're probably Japanese studios, right?
0: I don't remember exactly which one it was. Oh, okay. I'd have to, yeah, let's look it up again.
1: I remember but Dark Souls being appalling when it was finally released on PC. But Japanese studios don't really contend with PC games. Unless they're porn games. Because Japanese people don't really play video games on PC they mainly play especially these days mainly play their games on mobiles mobile phones which is why Nintendo and that keep trying to make handheld games uh, consoles because that fits Japanese society better so I think it's going to be a while before Japanese studios get better at releasing stuff on PC for everybody else in the west there's no damn excuse you know make a good PC port Oh I do remember Batman Arkham Knight was terrible on PC. Oh, that, was, yeah,
0: it was, that was performance related wasn't it?
1: Uh yeah mainly. There was some bugs but yeah it was mainly performance. But that was because they got this studio that was like low down they didn't really make they didn't make games they made like I think they actually did um What was their job? Shit, I can't remember now. But, yeah, they, they got them... They gave them the reins for come Knight because Rocksteady was doing something else instead. And so, yeah, they, they just fucked it up. Rocksteady had to come back and try and fix it, but it was fucked so badly they couldn't. So they just had to refund everybody. <laughs> it's a shame because the, the story was pretty good. The game was pretty good. But... Yeah, they fucked it up. The driving sections were awful. It's a shame. It's a real shame. Um, but yeah, for this, like the problems start with the fact that there's no controller support for Beyond Good and Evil. And it feels like they didn't properly know how to get the controls to work properly on mouse and keyboard. So there's a lot of problems with... Um, like the hovercraft. That's your vehicle you have to move around with. And it just controls terribly with it. And for some reason the game like seems to deteriorate as you play it. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Like I got about halfway through the game. And then I was getting... Like the camera was getting stuck on things a lot more. Even... Like it's not like it was because of the new places I was going to. I would go back to old places I've already been and the camera was far worse than the first time I was there. So I don't know what was going on there. And uh, the hovercraft sprint you get to go faster. You hold down space and it has these little boosters to make it go quicker in a straight line. However, that seems to completely fuck up sometimes and just get stuck on. So I'm trying to press other buttons to turn it off, but I'm still boosting. So I'm just smashing into a war, because the boost won't turn off. And your hovercraft has health. So you smash into a war at top speed, you're taking damage. And your health in this game is like Zelda health. So you have like hearts, and so you lose hearts. You need a special item to bring those hearts back. So you take taking damage. You've got to heal that. So you're wasting resources. Healing up damage that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Which is really frustrating. And then you get an upgrade for your cannon. Which means you hold down the mouse... Uh, your left mouse button. To charge up your attack. And it locks onto a few things. Fires off automatically. Attacks things. It's like a homing weapon. It's ah, cool. It is cool. Until... It doesn't work. Yeah, You're pressing left mouse button all the time. It doesn't do anything.
0: That's not so cool. <laughs> no,
1: so I'm holding, literally holding it down. It's like, come on, do something. It just does nothing. just fires the normal gun repeatedly. It's like, what? What are you doing? And these kind of problems only happened like halfway through the game. Before that, everything worked perfectly. So I have no idea what happened there. I don't understand how a game can go from... Could get to a certain point and then get worse. On things that you've already got. I've never seen that before, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. It's so the first half of the game is, like, yeah, uh, you've got, like, Zelda combat. So you've got all these hearts for your health. Yeah, are uh, holding down left mouse button to do a more powerful attack. Um and you're just swinging your weapon around, attacking things, and you're dodging things, and it's a lot of fun. That combat seems to just disappear about halfway through the game, and then you're just doing stealth. You've got all these stealth sections, so you're seeking around, trying not to get hit. Uh, If you get caught, it's not instant game over, but the the things you're attacking are really dangerous, and you die very, very quickly. Or sometimes there are, Uh, like these weird cannons that will just instantly kill you and that's an instant fail and the stuff mechanics aren't very good it's probably because I've played um, a plague tale recently but you're just having to avoid people, wait for them to turn around wait for them to walk away Uh, there's no way to actually distract people There's no way to take initiative. You're always following people. You're always waiting. And so when when you do, if you fuck it up, then you've got a long wait sometimes for things to move on. Checkpoints are pretty good, uh, so I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, I think the stealth sections are the worst part of the game.
0: That doesn't
1: sound so great no I would it would have been nice if, you, if there was just some way to distract guards, so even if it was like distracted for only a couple of seconds, it'd be nice to have um, you know give you give yourself the ability to to do something be proactive rather than just constantly waiting around and my chest squeaks ah. Uh, and then, towards the back end of the game, you're forced to do a lot of hovercraft sections. And so, with the bad controls, it makes it a lot worse. And then, your camera sometimes act weird, so they get stuck behind you, so you can't see in front of you. That camera, though, oh my god, that camera. just. It tries. drove me up the wall. It was awful. It's probably one of the worst cameras I've had experience in a long time. It's terrible. And it's a hovercraft, so it drifts. So it's not like you could stop on a dime either. You stop and you're still moving forward. You've got these, these lasers you've got to try and dodge out the wave. So, you know, floaty controls on something like that. And you try to try to do precise like... Sections You've got chase sections where you're trying to drive away and all these explosions and lasers are going on so you're trying to dodge all of that. I I think it's worse than the Mako from Mass Effect. I mean, there is a big gap in time between them, but... Yeah. (laughs) So overall, I think... I did like the characters. I did like the world. The ending... I'm not going to go into spoilers, obviously, but... It does end abruptly, like like you're doing something. You do, you know, you finish this, and then bam, end the credits. You don't. There's not good resolution there, really, and there's no real conclusion. It's funny actually, because there, there's uh, like a shock revelation, then you go into a fight, and then credits roll. So you don't even know the conclusion to what any of that means so I don't I completely understand why people have been going on about them wanting Beyond Good and Evil 2 for so long because you know you, you want the conclusion to the story you want to find out what happens to the, uh, the characters and what is it like 10 15 years ago now but I don't even know if the sequel's even going to do any of that for them because it's going to be a live service game it's going to be a big open world multiplayer live service game and I don't see how that's going to how that's going to get the story done in a satisfying way like just look at Anthem that was a mess of a story it was garbage the game was garbage it was completely broken so yeah I think I think the Donkey hopes up for Evil* 2 not to tell the story that is left here is it worth playing now? uh no just go watch it somewhere actually because they need to have to contend with all the terrible controls and shit camera you can watch a, watch somebody else Go through that torture. (laughs) That's me for Bianca and Evil. Cool.
0: So now Broken Sword, I
1: guess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm a little. I need a drink. (laughs) Uh, Should I do Broken Sword or should I leave it for next week? Because I can
0: leave it for next week. It's quite an old game.
1: Yeah, I haven't finished anyway, so I will complete it first mm-hmm. on my replay and then I'll talk about it more next time though. I did wanna say though, the the reason why I've gone back is because I didn't play three or four. So I'm gonna play through all of them, play three and four. Uh, this there time going. And I started playing it because of uh the composer passed away. Sad. Yeah, it is sad, and he also composed Morse. Did you know that?
0: I did not.
1: I didn't know that either. Because the soundtrack for Broken was amazing. And yeah, it's sad he passed away. He wasn't that old, I think he was only 50, I believe. So, yeah, that, that was only a few weeks ago. So it was a shame.
0: Sad. To... always a lifestyle. Sorry? Did you always have an unhealthy lifestyle?
1: I don't think he did.
0: How do you know?
1: I don't, but... <laughs> I was presumptuous to say he died from that.
0: Didn't say he did.
1: Is that what you said?
0: No, I just implied it.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's go on to books then. sword next week. Sure. So what have so, you been reading while well, I go grab a drink? Because yeah, I was uh, uh, reading
0: the second and third instalments of Mountain Man. And in the, fir- in the first instalment, we we were introduced to Gus and Scott and Tanner. And how Tanner is not the nicest guy in the world. And how um, Gus and Scott have a bit of a bromance. Moving on to book two, Scott's is um, long since left. Gus, Gus is um, kind of discovering interesting things going on in the world, and those interesting things could be what dooms humanity. Um, we then move on to Scott, who is trying to find Tana in. Um, a city and in doing so he finds um, some other survivors and kind of befriends them um, but hasn't really lost sight of his goal of protecting the world from Tanner's dark deeds. So in the third instalment we are blessed with um, the knowledge that road warriors exist, so essentially Mad Max-style uh, bad, bad guys. and um, Dudes that think they're invulnerable, uh, but they are just human after all. And, yeah, we have um, events going on around what Tenor's doing, uh, his discovery by Scott within that particular, the city, and yeah, the events did before them. That's pretty much it. I can't say much more without giving away spoilers. But there is another book in the series. I will be reading that, and then giving my um, kind of feedback on how I feel that book fits within the series. I'd say it's called Mountain Man, but it's not really all about the mountain man Um, it is all about the zombies and yeah I think as we discussed in previous in a previous podcast the date is terrible
1: yeah it is so you're still liking it how it's going yeah I I really
0: I enjoyed the characters I enjoyed the story um Keith has a lot of uh, good writing around building up characters, building up narration for characters, and then you're gutted when you find out what happens to them. Uh, so I like that. I like it and I hate it at the same time, but I do like it.
1: And yeah. I Why do you hate it?
0: Because, you know, characters get killed off.
1: Are they established characters or just...
0: They're
1: established enough for you to have feelings for. Okay, well, so describe kind of like Game of Thrones. then. Well, maybe. Maybe. Well, Game I, of Thrones yeah. didn't kill off a lot of unknown characters. I mean, it did kill off a lot of unknown characters, but he also killed off a lot of characters that you had been um, traveling with, some, journeying some for, for a long with time. Yeah. I don't, like, the not a lot of authors do that because, well, usually because they just don't have enough characters to waste doing that with. Like, if you kill off all your cast all the time, then eventually, like, people just become um, desensitized None. to it. None, so, yeah. yeah, so they just end up not caring about those characters.
0: Yep, so enjoying that starting the fourth book I uh, don't think I'll get through that in the next two weeks but we'll, we'll see There's okay. the uh, fourth book had a prequel so you wait there's a of prequel about... for that there is a prequel
1: yeah okay are you happy about that
0: yeah I'll give it a go
1: oh okay so you're not like me then a bit of a downer on prequels no not at all weird man yeah you are well, no I mean like prequels basically mean everything happens like you know what's going to happen in right? like if there's a named character in the prequel that's in the other stuff you know that person's nothing's going to happen to them
0: yeah but I'm also very interested in how the world's declined so okay. quickly so I think it's, it's good from that perspective
1: okay fair enough So I've been witching. Yeah, I've been witching through the Witcher books. No, I've been reading through the Witcher books. uh, Some more. So there's actually only two to go after these. So I've been reading this time, Baptism of Fire. Which is mainly focused on Geralt and Dandelion as they try to track down Ciri from the last book. And along the way, a party forms. They didn't really mean to, it's just how it happened. Um, And one of those members is very interesting. And leads to some amusing scenes. I'm not going to give specifics because I think it's a nice thing to find out for yourself if you read through. Uh, I think you actually meet this character in... The Blood and Wine expansion for Witcher 3. So, okay. if you've played that, then you might know who, who I'm on about. Uh, we also meet Milva, who's a crazy, crazy good archer. Who's from, you know, Geralt meets her in Brocolon. And she joins up because she she wants to help Carol. I think she just wants to get in his pants. But, yeah, she just wants to help him. And I've met her through the Gwent card <laughs> in which I was like, oh, yeah, Melva. That's her that's character in Gwent. Yeah, I remember her. She's larger, yeah. I recognise that. Yeah, that's how I first met her. Do you know what Gwent is? No. Okay, so Gwent was a minigame in... Witcher Witcher free and you basically went everywhere collecting these cards. You got them from I think defeating certain bad guys. You got them from just buying from local trade people and you got them from defeating um like named people, people like uh Dijkstra and people like that. Through Quent, you play Gwent with them, beat them, then you get that card. And this became so... Like, people loved it in Witcher 3 so much they actually turned it into a standalone game. Which is free on GG. That's quite fun. It, it changes a few things. But yeah, Gwent it is a really fun card game. You'd actually probably really like it because you like card games. I do, yeah. Yeah, so... Maybe something you might want to look at on uh, G.O.G. Uh, yeah, so... While this is all going on, Geralt and Dandelion are having a look for... You know, marching along the country trying to find Siri. Ciri's become a bit of a dick because she thinks everyone's abandoned her. So... She's... Got herself mixed up with a lot of bad people. I think it's the first time I've ever disliked Siri. And she's just basically a bandit at this point. Stealing stuff, killing people, and she has become a bit of a taste for killing people, so not good. So this is a kind of like a journey story. So not a lot happens really. You're just following along the characters. So there's a lot of good character development. Not a lot of story progression, really. So I, I think it's still good. But I think it's probably the least engaging Witcher book I've read so far. But weirdly, it also deals the most with Carol. So it's definitely worth reading if you want to know more about Carol. But, yeah. yeah. I guess you have to read it because of stuff that happens. But yeah. It it feels like like you're saying about the middle you know, for that Fantastic Beasts Two feeling like a middle movie. This feels like a middle book, even though it isn't, but it feels like it. Oh dear. And then the the next Witcher book was The Tower of Swallow. So this story starts in Medius Res. With Siri being um, found, and Siri is telling her story of events to someone who helps her and shelters her. So this is all from Siri's perspective mainly. It does go to other people here and there, but the main focus is Siri and her story. And this is mainly the story of her retribution for the events in the previous book but you do have Geralt meeting somebody important from Witcher 3 I'll just say that
0: cool spoilers, and spoilers. not spoilers but intrigue
1: yeah some spoilers because you, you don't know unless you've read it so yep. <laughs> you don't know a lot about it unless you've read the book and played the game So, and the book ends with Siri basically getting back to her old self and becoming likable again, and her learning to use her witches, her witcher skills that she learned, and her sorcerer abilities that she learned and combining them. So that's something I've been waiting for for a while. Is her actually using both skills at the same time? It's like if you learn them, like why don't use both? Yeah, and then it ends with like a massive hook for the for the next book, which you probably wouldn't like. Do you do you like that, or do you like a, do you like your books to basically feel not so much standalone in a series, but feel like they've completed the story for that book? I do.
0: Being a bit of a completionist, I do like that, but. Uh... I could probably
1: live with. Okay, well, this one just like it's it like something happens and it just ends. <laughs> basically, how Lord of the Rings did it, because Lord of the Rings is a tome. It's it's one yeah. it's one book, but it's been chopped up, and it feels like this. The Witcher books basically are that where it's just been sliced up. Could have been just been one book, but it would have been massive. Yeah. And I think the tower, was, the tower of the Swallow is probably my favourite of the Witcher books so far. I really okay. liked this. I really liked the stuff it went into. Because uh, this one feels a lot more like... It goes through lore a lot more than the other ones do.
0: Okay. Yeah. And lore is good.
1: Lore is, yeah, perfect. Loved it. So yeah, that's me done
0: cool so that's a wrap today you guys
1: yep thank you for listening um, don't forget to rate and subscribe is it subscribe what is it what would you do oh <laughs> I leave us a review
0: yeah. subscribe rate us leave us a review yeah if you don't like us please message us and tell us what we're doing wrong yeah thanks guys Peace,
1: out. Bye-bye. Bye for now. See you next week. This is the end of episode 13.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.